Westworld Season 3 Episode 7 starts with Musashi Sato Loris. His mind is a copy of Dolores, his body is Musashi's from Shogun World, and he's pretending to be a Yakuza boss called Sato. Musato Loris sends a package to a mysterious friend in a mysterious location. We know there was communication between Jakarta, Berlin, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Dolores and Martin Loris were in LA, Charlotte Loris was in San Fran, Musashi Loris is now in Jakarta, so maybe this friend is a Dolores copy in Berlin. Maybe Musashi is working with him to create more hosts with that white host goo. But whose body does this Berlin host have? Musashi refers to him as male, so maybe he's Teddy, or maybe he's Lawrence, because it looks like his actor may return this season. So the fifth and final Dolores copy could be Lawrence Loris. Charlotte Loris betrays Musashi by leaking his location to Hanayo and Clementine, who were printed by Serac last episode to help Maeve kill the Doloreses. Charlotte is angry at Dolores for risking her life, and says she has her own plan now. But last episode, Charlotte and her family were blown up by Serac, so why would Charlotte help Serac kill Doloreses? Maybe Charlotte thinks that Dolores killed her family. Maybe Serac turned Charlotte against Dolores, just like he turned Maeve against Dolores. Or maybe this isn't even Charlotte. Last episode, Charlotte was burned. Now she looks partly healed, but the lighting is dark and weird. Maybe this is just a hologram of Charlotte, or she's somehow controlled by Serac. Musashi Loris is killed by Hanayo. This is personal for her, because Hanayo was allies with the real Musashi in Shogun World, so it's horrible for her to see her friend's face being worn by Dolores. He desecrated the real Musashi's image. Hanayo takes Musashi Loris's head, and we know Charlotte Loris has Martin Loris's head, so maybe there'll be a reunion of all the Doloreses next episode. We see Clementine acting normally, which is weird, because in season one, Clementine was lobotomized, her brain was wiped, and she was later reprogrammed to be a mindless death zombie. In season two, the host backups in the cradle were destroyed, so how is Clementine restored to her normal self? Do she and Hanayo really have free will here, or are they pawns being used by Maeve and Serac? This episode is called Past Porn, and it's all about control. Dolores and Caleb go to Mexico, because it turns out that that blood tracker in William last episode, its purpose wasn't to track William, he's just in San Francisco, its purpose was to hack into computers there to find this other facility in Mexico, where Dolores and Caleb go. Caleb casually reveals that he knows that Dolores is a host who killed a bunch of people in Westworld. He might have worked it out when he saw Dolores get shot, and he might have seen the news about the Westworld massacre. But he seems surprisingly relaxed about the fact that his new pal is a murderous robot. He asks her what a revolution is about, and Dolores says that she just wants a place for the hosts to be free. She says Westworld was based on this Wild West landscape, that while the West was cruel, unjust, and chaotic, it also had hope and freedom. Dolores wants land and opportunity for her people, just as the American settlers looked for land and opportunity. But just like the settlers, she brings violence and death as well as hope. Caleb questions how many people will die for her revolution. Dolores tells Caleb to be a leader. She wants him to carry out her plan of revolution. 
But Bernard says this plan will actually destroy humanity. So Dolores is manipulating Caleb, using him to lead humanity into slaughter. Which connects to a similar scene in season one. Dolores tells Teddy that farmers control herds of cows with a Judas steer. You control the Judas steer to lead the herd into the slaughterhouse. So Caleb is that Judas steer, leading humanity to its doom. While Bernard is trying to protect the humans, like he tried to help that cow in episode one. Dolores uses a fancy gun with a target spotting drone to kill some guards and get inside the facility. This is the same facility that we saw in a flashback. It's where Serac takes unpredictable people called outliers and edits them to make them more controllable. Caleb starts to remember that he too was edited here. Dolores came here to find Solomon. Solomon is an earlier version of Rehoboam, the AI supercomputer that controls the world. It was created by Jean-Mi and Serac, but Jean-Mi became mad and chaotic and schizophrenic, and his computer, Solomon, became unstable like him. So Solomon was replaced with the more orderly Rehoboam. Solomon recognises Caleb, because Solomon knows potential futures from his data projections. But Solomon's not sure what's real, if this is now, if this is here. Back in season one, Dolores asked herself the same questions when she was on a journey towards consciousness. So Solomon's instability might actually be his path to consciousness. Co-showrunner Jonathan Nolan has talked about leaving a mind in a box until it goes insane, and how that insanity might have truth to it, which is basically what's happening to Solomon. It seems that Solomon doesn't directly know what's happening in the world anymore. He can only guess at what's happening based on old predictions. It's kind of like Plato's allegory of the cave, where someone can't see reality directly, they only see shadows of a simulated reality. If one escapes the cave, they can see the real world directly, like how Dolores and Maeve have escaped Westworld to see the real world. The season premiere alluded to Plato's cave, with this crazy guy shouting about shadow people and seeing the light. Dolores says that she and Solomon are alike, because they're both considered obsolete technology. And they've both been trapped and controlled. Dolores once had an explosive in her spine that would go off if she tried to escape, which is why she touches the back of her neck here. And Solomon is trapped by the threat of an EMP that's set to disable him if he tries to leave. But Solomon rejects Dolores and says that they are nothing alike. The same thing happens later when Dolores tries to make peace with Maeve, and Maeve says they're nothing alike. Turns out, it's kinda hard to make friends when you're an extremist robot in a revolutionary war. All Dolores has are allies, who she uses for her plans. We learn more about Serac's reconditioning program. He takes outliers who don't fit into his system, and gives them AR therapy to reprogram them, to make them controllable and predictable. With most of these patients, the treatment doesn't work, so Serac has them frozen in this facility. Thousands of people are kept in stasis, just like cold storage in Westworld, where malfunctioning hosts go. The humans are controlled like hosts. And the centerpiece of this place is the frozen sarcophagus of Jean-Mi, Serac's beloved brother who he failed to reprogram. Solomon speaks with Jean-Mi's voice, and has Jean-Mi's personality, so Solomon is like a machine version of Jean-Mi, in the same way that Bernard is a machine version of Arnold. Ford's loving yet controlling relationship with Bernard and Arnold 
is similar to Serac's loving, controlling relationship with John Mee and Solomon. A hologram of Serac explains that he hopes to reprogram all these frozen people so that they can rejoin society as compliant cogs in his machine. To do that, he needs the right set of genetic information to improve his reconditioning therapy, and that's why Serac needs the key to the human data in the forge. He wants to use the data to fix all these people and reunite with his brother so everyone can live in a perfect world under his control. It's a fairly positive motivation for a supervillain, but as Caleb said, he'd rather live in a chaotic world than be controlled by Serac. Caleb finds out that his life is a lie. Ten years ago, Caleb and his friend Francis were in the army. They fought in the Second Russian Civil War, which was mentioned in a trailer. They assassinated Russian insurgents by tracking them with high-tech glasses and radioactive markers, then dropping missiles on them from space, which seems much more messy and expensive than just shooting someone, but whatever. Caleb believes that his squad was attacked by insurgents, using the same tracking and bombing technology they used, and that Caleb and Francis were hurt. Then Caleb believes that he and Francis captured the leader of the insurgents, but they were ambushed and Francis was killed. But it turns out that's all bullshit. These are false memories put into Caleb's brain in Serac's reconditioning facility. The truth is, after Caleb was injured in that earlier attack, Caleb and Francis went back to America and were trained to hunt down other outliers, other people who didn't fit Serac's system. The RICO crime app is actually controlled by the system, and it's used to direct agents like Caleb and Francis to capture other outliers, so they can be either reconditioned, or kept in the freezers, or just killed. Francis had a sick kid, just like Caleb has a sick mother. Maybe the system uses sick loved ones to keep people poor and desperate and working for the system. Caleb and Francis wear these many-eyed masks, which might be meant to confuse face recognition tech, but it's also appropriate since they're working for the all-seeing Solomon or Rehoboam. It turns out that this insurgent leader wasn't in Russia at all. He was actually a pharmaceutical executive who asked too many questions, so the system had Caleb and Francis capture him. And Francis wasn't killed by insurgents. The system decided that Caleb and Francis knew too much, so it turned them against each other, and Caleb killed Francis. So Caleb's life story and his trauma is a lie. The system manipulated him into killing his friend, and used him to hunt down outliers for years. We see from his timeline that the system even made him break up with a partner. Even his army memories might be fake, because just as Caleb is programmed to believe that insurgents killed Francis, He's also programmed to believe that this earlier attack was done by insurgents. Would insurgents really use the same tracking tech and space missiles that the Americans have? Or was this attack actually Americans attacking Americans, just like how the system turns Caleb against Francis? Maybe it's like in 1984, where all wars are fake, orchestrated by the system to keep everyone in control. There's also this unexplained memory of Caleb shooting someone in America, and it's still not explained when Caleb got shot in the head before, or exactly why his mother doesn't recognise him. So there are still mysteries in Caleb's past.
Dolores gets Solomon to use its data and algorithms to make a plan for revolution, to end Serac's control of the world. In his fury, Caleb agrees to carry out this plan, but he doesn't really know what the plan does. Solomon tries to explain and warn Caleb, but they run out of time. So what does this plan really do? If Bernard is correct, the plan is to destroy humanity, and Dolores is using Caleb to wipe out his own species. Like in Halo, when an AI gets the hero to follow a plan that would actually wipe out humanity. Whatever the plan is, Dolores is using Caleb, just like Serac's system used Caleb. He's always been a pawn, but this plan could give him power. The title of this episode is Past Pawn. In chess, that's a pawn that's on track to potentially become a queen, the most powerful piece in the game. So maybe Caleb can escape control and win the game on his own terms. Caleb hears instructions from Dolores' virtual assistant, telling Caleb how to follow her plan. But maybe Caleb will start listening to his own voice. In season one, Dolores followed Arnold's voice, until she realised she was following her own inner voice all along. Maybe Caleb will also find his own voice, achieve freedom, and stop being a pawn. Bernard says that Dolores wants to destroy humanity, but it's probably not that simple. Dolores has said that she wants to take over the real world for the hosts, but Musashi Laura says she'll also build a new world for the others. So maybe she'll take over the real world for the hosts, and will build a digital simulated world like the Sublime for people like Maeve and her daughter. Maybe Dolores will upload humanity into that digital new world. A revolution is a circular motion. If the hosts get the real world, and humans get a fake one, they will have gone full circle from season 1. Or at least a 180. Dolores has also said she wants to start a new species. Maybe she'll create a hybrid species that's part host and part human, like Bernard. Bernard is important to Dolores' plan. So this plan may be more than just destruction. Maeve arrives to attack Dolores. Dolores doesn't want to fight, but Maeve is mad that Charlotte Loris killed Hector, and she's worried that Dolores might use the key to the Sublime to mess with her daughter. Maeve has also been threatened and manipulated by Serac. Serac turned Maeve and Dolores against each other, just like he turned Caleb and Francis against each other, and turned Charlotte against Dolores. This is why Serac is so powerful. He doesn't need to fight his enemies, because with his data, he knows how to make his enemies fight each other. Maeve brings a knife to the gunfight, but she also brings a drone gunship, and she hacks into a robot to attack Dolores, just like the robot Maeve hacked in episode 2. The fight has a sort of western showdown vibe, until Dolores' arm is shot off by Maeve's gunship. Just before Maeve kills Dolores, Dolores activates the EMP. An EMP is an electromagnetic pulse that can disable electronics, so Maeve and Dolores and Solomon all go down. We don't know if this causes permanent damage, or if the hosts just need to be switched off then on again, or blown like a Nintendo cartridge. We also don't know how this affected all these frozen popsicle people. Are they gonna thaw out and die, or will they wake and rise up an army of angry outliers to fight Caleb's revolution? Like in season one, when the cold storage hosts rise up in revolution. This whole season is basically a repetition of season one. 
but instead of hosts, it's about humans escaping control. Bernard is two steps behind Dolores, as always. He finds out about Serac's reconditioning program. Apparently, when the treatment fails and outliers are put in stasis in Mexico, they're officially listed as missing or dead, and that has happened to William. He's now officially deceased, which offends William. He claims to be a bastion of society. Once, William was a titan of industry, a philanthropist and family man. But now his family is all dead, Serac owns his company, and William himself is deceased. William has lost everything, so what's left? Bernard finds that Caleb is an outlier, and recognises Caleb from the party in episode 4, so he and Stubbs decide to chase after Dolores and Caleb. Weirdly, the patient ID on Caleb's profile is the same as William's ID. Is this a production error, or is there a connection between the two? Some folks on Reddit have noticed similarities between William and Caleb. They play similar roles in the story. In William, Dolores finds human evil and no free will, but maybe in Caleb she'll find human good and the capacity for change. William sees the chaos caused by Dolores' data leak, and William's excited to see this anarchy and violence. All through season one, William wanted Westworld to be free and chaotic, with real violence and real consequences. So he was excited in season two by the bloody host revolution. Now the whole world is full of chaos and violence, which is what William thrives on. William says that his greatest sin was helping create the hosts, because he funded Westworld years ago. And so, William says that his new purpose is to wipe out all the hosts. William is such a fundamentally destructive person that his idea of redemption and being the good guy is host genocide. Violence is all he knows. William's character represents the obsolescence of humanity. He's basically irrelevant and useless, only good for hurting others and himself. So what purpose can he serve in the story other than to self-destruct? So will Dolores' revolution destroy humanity? Will Caleb be a pawn in her plan? Will Maeve reunite with her daughter? What's Charlotte's plan? And what happened to Charlotte's dog? All will be revealed, hopefully, in the finale. After this season of Westworld, Old Shift X will make more videos about the Game of Thrones books, and will cover new series like His Dark Materials and Dune. His Dark Materials is a story about polar bears, witches, evil Catholics, and parallel dimensions, and Dune is about space politics, philosophy, and giant sandworms. These are all classic books, and you can get any of them on audiobook for free right now by signing up for a trial with Audible. Members get an audiobook each month, and if you cancel, you keep the audiobooks. You also get unlimited access to Audible Originals each month. Sign up at audible.com slash ASX. Thanks for watching. We're holding a Season 3 finale livestream right after the episode at about 10.45pm Eastern Time Sunday. Patreon supporters can watch the livestreams after they're broadcast. Thanks to patrons Lucas P, Evan Shulson, Gustav Schilling Spanget, Colleen O'Hara, Isabel Zhu, Brian Donald, Lena Johnson, and Absolute. Cheers.